Well, good evening, sisterhood. I'm so, so blessed, so excited to be here with you tonight. As Beth said, my name is Emma Hertig. I'm the Women's Ministry Director here at River Valley. I've been here since February, which has flown by somehow, but um, I'm just so excited that my job is to essentially think of ways that we can have more women experience the love, and the acceptance, and joy of Christ. So I'm just so blessed to be here um, at Sisterhood. So um, we are going to be continuing in, if this is your first week, no problem at all, we are going to be in lesson two of our Rooted series. And so we took some of our, you know, key themes, some things that we learned at Sparkle Conference. And we said, you know, we learned a lot that weekend, but we want to make sure that we are continuing to learn and dive deeper into those themes. So, um, hence, Rooted in Christ was born in your booklets as well. So, we're going to be teaching on just that. What does it mean to be rooted? And this verse comes out of Colossians. And so before we get started, really dive in here tonight, I'd love for us to actually read that out loud together. So it's in your booklet, whether you're with me right now in Apple Valley, watching this later on, I'd love for you to read this with me. So it says, and now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. So good. Let me pray over this night once again, and we'll get started. So dear Jesus, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for the chance that we get to have week in, week out, as women to be together and learn more about you in sisterhood. So I just lift this night up to you. I lift up the words I'm about to speak. I pray that they're your words, God, and the things that we share and we learn and we discuss with um, the ladies at our table later um, are just your words, God. They're the things that um, you've blessed us with, people to share with one another, and that we can be open and honest and just real in this time. So we thank you for this night. It's your name we pray. Amen. Awesome. So when I was thinking about, you know, rooted, deeply rooted, uh, your roots, like kind of you're in deep, I think about kind of committing, okay? I'm thinking about you're being committed, you're diving in, you're head first, you're being all in, and then after that, you kind of builds and builds and builds on the other. And so, right, like when you plant a seed, it doesn't immediately become deeply rooted, right? When you take, how many of you buy plants, like from, I buy mine from Home Depot, does anyone else buy them from Home Depot or other cuter shops? Probably, yeah, that's great, right? So you buy the plant and you like take it home and it's in the plastic little like thing and then you have to put it into a cuter pot usually later, at least I do. And like that, those roots aren't deeply rooted, right? And so you're kind of in that waiting phase. And so when I was thinking about, you know, what is an example in my own life that I could share with the ladies of sisterhood where I was kind of like, in deep with something, I think about a time where I really committed to a bit, okay? And so if you know me, if you've ever seen me out in the wild, or if you've talked to me for more than five seconds, you would know that I like a bit of humor, okay? My church growing up said this phrase, and I'll share it with you now, and it says, we don't take ourselves very seriously, but we take God very seriously, okay? And so um, I believe in just the joy and the laughter that God's blessed us with. I think that just kind of brings a zest of life. And if you're like, I disagree, you're in for a wild ride tonight. So before uh, working at River Valley, I was a kid's pastor, could you tell? But um, so I would spend week in, week out, figuring out ways to create experience for kids to experience the love of God and just who God is, right? 
And so um, with that, I became um, Miss Emma, and uh, I was just signed on right before COVID hit. So it was like, not only was I new to being a kids pastor, I was new to being a kids pastor online uh, during uh, a worldwide um, pandemic, okay? So um, I would go on live um, on Facebook and basically make an absolute fool out of myself to the internet um, for children, okay? But I love the image of it. So I actually took some, some pictures. I have them here. I'm a little afraid. Do we have those pictures up? I took some screen grabs from, okay, yep. Um, <laughs> I gotta be honest, I don't know a single context for any of these. Um, but we have the, the hat, I don't know what, freestyle dance, we did that as well. Um, I pretended I was late for Facebook Live, even though I recorded it, it's the power of the internet. And then um, my Princess Peach crown at the end. So I kind of became this like theatrical being at our campus and on the kids team. And so I got called up on stage for funny moments. I dressed up like different characters. I was Princess Peach once. Um, I was like a cowboy at one point, all the things, right? And so, but as, and that was online. But as churches began to open up, I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna continue to be this funny person in person. Um, I would say all the time jokes didn't land, but um, I really try to commit because I was already in deep, right? So I'm gonna tell you a story. The crescendo of the story is where I really, really committed, okay? So we partnered every quarter, kind of like Beth was talking about, with um, kind of partnering with a different, you know, local uh, mission or missionary, and so to bring in um, offering. And so we had a goal. We were trying to raise, let's say, $200, okay? And if they reached that goal, then something would happen. It, you can't just reach the goal for reaching the goal's sake. It's, it's kids' ministry. You had to reach it for, like, a pizza party. But in this case, it was so if we reached our goal of $200, Miss Emma would have to eat a hot pepper, and I said, okay, I suppose. So I said, all right, kids, you bring in $200, I will eat a habanero pepper. And the kids were like, like, can you, like, you couldn't, you could tell them, like, I just gave you a million dollars, right? They were the, it was the most excited I've ever seen them about anything. And so I'm like, great, this is, you know, we're going to get money in for this missionary. It's going to be awesome. And then a fourth grade boy comes up to me and tells me something that only a fourth grade boy would know. He goes, Miss Emma, did you know the habanero was not actually the hottest pepper? I go, Sir, I did not know that. <laughs> I said, okay, so what's the hottest pepper then? He goes, it's called a Carolina Reaper. I go, huh? <laughs> like the Grim Reaper, but Carolina version? Google it when you get home. It's the scariest pepper I've ever seen in my life, okay? And so um, I didn't actually get my hands on a Carolina Reaper because they don't sell them in local grocery stores. Target was fresh out of Carolina Reapers, thank goodness. But um, so what happened was, to finish up the story, is that uh, the kids raised $800. <laughs> which praise God, obviously, um, but I'm like, okay, I guess I'm eating some hot peppers, but I did it in the comfort of my own home because I was able to pause the video and go, you know, drink oat milk because I'm allergic to other dairy that usually helps your mouth. Um, so I like, but I couldn't have the, the Carolina Reaper, so instead I made a hot pepper smoothie, and the kids thought that was the coolest thing ever. So I had a bell pepper at first, which was kind of funny because I know that they're not spicy. Then I added um, a jalapeno, and that was spicier. Then I actually like bit into a habanero, which was the most painful thing I've ever experienced. And then they wanted the Carolina Reaper. I go, no, no. And so instead I did the um, hot pepper smoothie. And so for months and months, I was known as Miss Emma, the girl who drank the hot pepper smoothie, okay? And so I tell you this story not for you to be like, why are we talking about hot peppers on a Tuesday night? I'm like, maybe I never want to have a hot pepper ever again. But when I was thinking about and praying about, you know, what does it mean to be rooted? 
to be committed to Christ, it made me ask myself this, and I want to ask you this right now, and that's what are you known for? And what will you be remembered for? Because typically the things that you're deeply rooted in, the things that you commit to fully, the things you're diving deep into, and then you'll continue to grow and become deeply rooted, those things will be deeply rooted in your identity, in your family, in your relationships, your friendships, your work, and in your day-to-day life. So looking into this verse in Colossians, it states at the beginning, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. So that's objective number one, because we have committed to Jesus, we must continue to follow him. When we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, it talks in Ephesians 1 verse 13, it says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Okay, so when we said yes to Jesus, we've got the Holy Spirit, that's sealed in us, we're good to go, right? But it says here you have to continue. You must continue to follow him. I even looked into the Greek word, and it's an imperative word. It's like a command. It's peripateo. And it's a command saying not that, um, hey, if you um, feel like it, you know, follow Christ. It's not saying that. It's not saying when it gets hard, take a break for a while. It's not saying that. It's not saying when it doesn't make sense, you can stop following Christ for a while. It's not saying only when it works in your schedule and your lifestyle, you can continue to follow Christ. It's a command. It's telling you, no, you must. You must continue to follow him. You see, when you commit to Christ, our call is then to continue. Let me say that again. When you commit to Christ, our call then is to continue to do so. So I'm going to ask you another question. Have you been spending your life waiting for when it's, continue, when it's convenient to follow Christ? Or are you pursuing him each and every day with an intensity and fervor that you are called to, as it says in this verse? Okay, so the next part of the verse says this. So let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Okay, we're going to stop there. So one thing... Well, several things, but one of the things I learned as a kid's pastor or just being around my friend's kids or the funny videos you see on the internet is that toddlers, young kids, maybe even husbands, like to ask a question, okay? It's one word, it's three letters, what do you think that is? Why, okay? So when we think about the times maybe people have asked us the question, why, we ask ourselves, why, we ask maybe like in our job, our boss, why, our friends, kids, why, right? I feel like a lot of the time, sometimes when we ask it, the answer is because I said so, right? (laughs) Or because that's just the way it is. That's the way we do things around here. You know, I know that works easily like as a mom, it's like because I said so, and it's like, all right, thanks mom. But when we receive that, that feels a little inadequate, right? And I don't know about you, but I think that we know as Christians that our faith provides a lot of answers to those why questions we may have in our life. We trust in God because of how good he is to us. You know, we we know that we have trials in our life because although God created our world perfectly initially, it got messed up by a guy and a gal, Adam and Eve, right? We know that God's character is good and trustworthy. He is kind. He brings peace. But I think sometimes we ask ourselves why we begin to face trials when things get tough. 
Maybe you've been praying the same prayer for weeks, you know, months, maybe even years, and it feels like God isn't even listening to you, doesn't even understand what's happening, and it gets so exhausting. But this verse says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. And you might be saying, why? Why would I do that? Why should I be rooted in Jesus? Why should I let my roots grow down into him? Why should I build my life on Jesus? And what I love is that that answer is in the very next part of the verse. And it says this. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Right? Isn't that so good? That your faith will be strong. You'll be deeply rooted. Then you'll know the truth that Jesus has taught us. And I don't know about you, there's a lot of truths kind of being thrown around in our society and in our world where some people say this is true, some people say that is true, but when you know the truth of what Jesus says, that's when everything changes, right? You won't, be, you won't wonder or be worried or anxious about what's to come. And not only that, then you will overflow with thankfulness. It doesn't even say, then you will be thankful. It says you are going to overflow with thankfulness. And I don't know about you, but I think it's a lot harder to be anxious and overwhelmed and feel distant from God and wondering about where he is when you're feeling thankful, right? So now that we have the kind of the why behind, you know, why we should be rooted, we're going to finish up by talking about three ways um, on how to be rooted. And so if you're looking at your booklet, we have the three points, they're just going to be right out there for you if you want to take notes there. Um, and so the first one is to know it, okay? To know it. To know it. You need to know who you are and whose you are and know that as believers, we are called to continue to follow him. Ephesians 3, 16 through 19 says this, I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Okay, so when you know whose you are and know that you are supposed to be and we should be and we're called to be following him, it says here that we're going to have power, we'll be united together with other believers. You know, look at us right now. The fact that you are here, your, your goal is to become more rooted, right? We'll be to, united together and we'll begin to grasp how much God loves you. I don't know really what you walked into this room with tonight. We were even talking about it earlier with the leaders. But I don't know where you've been. I don't know who has hurt you. I don't know who has said things about you that are not true. But God's love for you is infinite. We can't even begin to grasp it. It is infinite. He loves you more than you could ever imagine or ever know. And sometimes we hear that, you know, we're in church, maybe you've, been, you've grown up in church or you've been here a while, and you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, I've, I've heard that before. But I'm going to say it to you again. The love of God is infinite. The love he has for you and you and you is infinite. 
And tapping into that, knowing that, and realizing that will allow you to be filled up, to be fulfilled. And what a blessing that will be to each and every one of us. So we need to know that. And I would even take it a step further because there's a difference between knowing something and believing something for yourself, right? So I, I would see, say even this, know it and believe it, okay? Next is to develop it. So if I took a plant that I have in my house, I have probably 17, I don't know, and I, you know, never watered it, okay? I never put it in sunlight. I never repotted it when it needed to be repotted. What will happen? It will die, right? It will wither away. It will not grow. And in Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, so the very first words that are in the book of Psalm, um, it says that when we delight in the teachings and the word of the Lord, we are like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So to sum all that up, we will thrive. When we delight in what God has for us, when we read our Bible to learn more about Jesus, when we're in community, like we're here at Sisterhood, when we seek him in our lives day in and day out, not just on a Tuesday night, maybe not just on a Sunday morning, but every single day, we are going to prosper, like it says in this verse. We will thrive. So develop what you're learning. Develop these roots. Dig deeper for what God has for you. Ask questions. Seek him in new ways. Learn to listen to more worship music or sermons throughout your day. Because when you're closer to Jesus, it's harder to be closer to the things of this world that will ultimately leave us broken and confused and just sad and lonely and empty, right? Pursuing him, developing those roots, will bring about just fullness, right? So develop those things. Don't, so we have know it, develop it, lastly we have use it. How many of you garden or have ever gardened in your entire life? Oh, so many of you, I'm so impressed. Okay, so let's say I am now a gardener and I said, hey, I will only take the fruits and vegetables that I grow, those are the only fruits and vegetables I will ever eat, okay, and it's going to be the ones that I grow, okay? And so let's say I watered them, I took care of them, I put up fencing so that rabbits and critters wouldn't eat them, and the time came to harvest, you know, the fruits of my labor, if you will, and um, I said all of a sudden, like, meh, I don't need these. What, then what was the point? What was the point of all the things you did behind the scenes, if you will, to, if you were just end up saying, end up saying I don't actually, I won't actually use this? right? This is same with what you're learning from the Lord. If you hear his teachings and never, and learn new knowledge and wisdom and keep growing your roots, but never actually put any of these things into practice, then it's foolish. The Bible says so. The Bible talks a lot about works, and some people might get confused and hear, like, people say sometimes, I don't know if you had, like, a crazy uncle that would be like, if I just do enough good things, that gets me to heaven, which is confusing, and not true, okay? So what it talks about in James 2, 17, it says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead, right? So you have faith, and then you have works. You need both, right? And so you might hear that and say, huh, what? 
but it's just the point that I'm trying to make here is you need to use it. Okay, use what God has gifted you with. Use the knowledge and the insights that you're learning from his word, that you're learning from your tables, you're learning from a Sunday morning, right? And put those into practice and in your day-to-day life, okay? You need to care for your neighbor. Maybe it's someone on either side of you in your apartment building or in your home. Maybe it's someone at work. Maybe it's someone you see every day at a Starbucks. Care for your neighbor. Pray for your family. Pray for the people that it's hard to pray for. Pray for the people that you love, the people that are harder to love. Serve on the weekends at church. I don't know how many times I love what Pastor Rob says. He says, everyone at church needs a place to serve and a friend. And when you find a place to serve, you usually find a friend, right? Serve on the weekends at church. Go out of your way to care for and love others in the way that Jesus did for us. Matthew 7, 24 says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So when trials come, because they will, when storms roll into your life, because they will, you will not fall, you will not falter, because you are deeply rooted. Let me pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for this time. Thank you for just the opportunity we get to pursue you. God, thank you for pursuing us first, for sending your son, Jesus. I thank you that we have just um, a chance at, um, at grace, that when we mess up, God, because we do, we have the opportunity to step forward and be washed clean. And so I just pray for this time. I pray for this the weeks to come. How are we going to become more and more rooted in who you are, Jesus? So I pray for honest conversations. I pray for ways that um, we can be made new, things that we can leave behind. God, what are ways that we are going to pursue you that will change us forever? I thank you for this time. I thank you for these ladies. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.